Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Tuesday, and that is Bill Landis, and I am Austin Ward. We are back for another fun May off-season conversation. Do you know what's on my mind, Bill? What's up? The horseshoe needs to host an F1 race. <laughs> That's where we're going with this. I don't know. Well, uh, we don't have to do that for long. But no, I, well, yeah, I mean, they showed you how they can do it, right? I, I'm trying to think of, so they did it in Miami outside of Hard Rock Stadium, but like Hard Rock Stadium is pretty isolated. There's like nothing around this. So like, oh, we'll just build an F1 track in the parking lot. Uh, I don't know if there's enough space around the shoe to do oh. that, but... I like I like your idea that we've talked about before. You can let the people know of how to involve the shoe in a potential F one race in Columbus. Yeah, I mean, I look if you're going to let people finish on the fifty, let's let's go down there. So you're, we're coming down, you know, the rotunda, yeah, the band ramp. We're going to drive down the band <laughs> ramp. We're going to finish at the fifty because your first turn, then like we can get really wild with it. you're either going up the visitor's tunnel you got a nice little hard right there and sh- some chicanes built out in the parking lot where you go left and cut our honor defend as the cars fly by being an incredible advertisement for ohio state yeah you, you've got if you fly out there you're you're on the banks of the olentangy you know beautiful yeah, olentangy beautiful, just beautiful. like just like those uh beautiful bays there in miami where they're flying in yachts and dropping them in there very similar stud uh, you're Coming down, uh, you can make some hard turns. You can go loop around the athletes' village over there. Like Ohio State could just be perfect advertising. The Buckeye Grand Prix. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'd watch it. Who says no? I don't. It's, it feels like tight quarters. It was a street race. It's like Monaco. Yeah, but it, but even then, <laughs> Monaco. It's pretty tight. It is pretty tight. But like one car at a time can only fit down the tunnel, right? Well, I don't. I've never been in close proximity to an F1 car, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't, rather I don't think there would be a lot of passing <laughs> in the tunnel uh, heading up towards the locker room there. Just an idea, though, because like, they're going to have to winterize, right? We were talking about this last week with the college yep. football playoff. Like, there are going to be opportunities to do more things if it's prepared. I think the most likely option is you know having an NHL game, one of the winter classics out there. But just knock on wood that the Black, Blue Jackets finally get to do that. If they're playing, host if they're prepared to host in the horseshoe in December, that's got to be the next logical step is bringing a winter classic here. You would think so. I know that that's been like the long time excuse for I think places like Ohio Stadium, like uh, someone from Pennsylvania. We've all been clamoring for a Flyers Penguins game in Beaver Stadium, and Penn State's always like, "Well, we can't do that." Now there's different stuff there too with like hotels and logistics and the fact that it's a huge pain to get to for everybody. Uh, Columbus is very different. Um, I didn't think of that. Like, it does maybe open up the potential for the shoe to be more of a year-round venue because it, it, like, almost is now with the, the concerts and stuff they do in, in the spring and the summer and, obviously, football throughout the fall, and they play, like, lacrosse and stuff, or at least they used to uh, in, the, in the spring season as well. So there's more you can do with it. I know Ohio State likes money, so uh, and, and I guess in this NIL world, they need more of it. <laughs> it's not the worst idea in the world yeah, to make that more. building available for other things. They've got a jar above their fridge. They want to put more money yeah, in That's there. right. Uh, I mean, and then squeeze in a WrestleMania weekend before the spring now game. Now you're talking. Then we're in really in business. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, yeah, I wouldn't mind watching that. All right. Uh, that's probably enough of that silliness. Um, we're we're to, idea guys. That's we're just kicking it around. Gene Smith, take notes. What ideas do you have about uh, Ohio State's offseason? <sighs> now, that, now that the portal window for entry has closed. Yeah, well, like it's closed, but like there's still stuff going on. It's 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 kind of weird. Um yeah, I, I think we touched on this a little bit on, on the Monday show and I wrote about it last week. Like their their behavior in the transfer portal is different. It's I'm not saying it's 
better or worse, but it's different. Like, I, I don't know if you can tell me if you think it feels different, but they are, they seem more open to the potential of like the best player available kind of idea this offseason than they have been in the past. And in the past has been like, we have a glaring hole here. We need a starting guard, Jonah Jackson, come play here. We need a starting quarterback, Justin Fields, come play here. Now it's like, well, we have safeties that we like, but like maybe this guy's better. And, and now they're going to host the, the kid from UAB uh, later this week. So um, I don't know. It's an interesting kind of crossroads for them, I think, in terms of, of how they want to build their roster. It's I, I think if you want to, especially a program like Ohio State, you can kind of choose to stay out of that and, and maybe still be fine. But in a world where, I don't know, the – the playing field is getting leveled a little bit. More people are going to have access to the postseason. Like, do you do you want to live in a world where you're not leaving every stone unturned? And, and it kind of feels like they're in that mode right now as they put the finishing touches on this roster. Yeah, Berman and I both I mentioned that on Monday. He he really wanted to get Bob and Jay Z's thoughts on that with bringing in the, the potential for a visitor from UAB and the specific position. Just it struck me as a little bit odd, and I'm still not sure that I I fully understand it. I think what you're getting at if you're taking the best available that's clearly the approach here because i don't a, a fifth year senior one year rental i don't really understand it because i don't think he's going to immediately come in and be better than josh proctor or sonny styles or lathan ransom i don't know if he'd play in the nickel but they already brought in jihad carter to right. do that and cameron martinez spent all spring there that's without even getting into kai stokes and other situations if you know, court williams is able to come back and help like that's a a group that has a lot of talent and a lot of bodies, and I don't, I don't know enough to say definitively he could be an upgrade. I haven't watched a bunch of UAB film. Yeah, not, neither have I. Um, he was a productive player there. Like you see the stats, and that, and that jumps out to you. But like I haven't sat down and watched. I don't, I don't typically do that unless I like think that Ohio State's definitely going to get a player. Because why would I waste my time doing that otherwise? <laughs> um, I think it's because you like ball. Yeah, I do. I do like ball. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. I, I especially that position though. I, I could understand like not wanting to leave it the chance because it's such an important year. That position is so important to this defense, as we've said countless times. Like, if you're even the slightest bit uncertain about what you have, because there's a lot of guys there that you can like, Josh Proctor, Cameron, like the guys you just, mm-hmm. but they're unproven. I think even even a guy like Josh who's who's been around a while, I think is still unproven. And if you're a little skittish about that idea, like I, I understand that. And I think even to the, the flirtation with Taiwan Malone, like I, I don't know where that's going to go. It doesn't maybe seem like an Ohio State's favor, but maybe it will. We'll, we'll see. But um, that feels like a luxury too. Like I don't, I came out of spring feeling pretty good about where they were with defensive tackle. And I like Jason Moore and Katie McDonald coming in. It's a little bit different calculus because Taiwan has more years of eligibility left than, than this kid from UAB does. But that, that, again, is like a do you really need to do this kind of thing? And, and the answer is probably no, but if you can, why not? I, I don't know. I, I've kind of come around to that thinking a little more in the last few days. Yeah, I think that's the decision that Ryan Day has to make because we've long talked about this when the approach is filling needs and then developing in the long-term interest of your program. There's also a culture component, and I know that people get, get tired of that. Well, the culture should be winning, and you should do whatever – turn over any stone you need to. And I, I am not at the point where that could be could or should be sacrificed for a, a one-year option, which didn't even have the benefit of going through spring to learn the safety-driven defense. And what seems to be more complicated than I would have thought it would be yep. this time a year ago, like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because of people don't like it when they say, well, if there's a better available player, Ohio State should pursue it no matter what. And I 
I understand why people feel that way, but it does have long-term ramifications for, you know, Josh Proctor is an isolated example for being around for six years, but you put all that time in and at the last minute, they pull the rug out. This is still college. This is not the NFL. Um, but even for a situation like Sonny Styles, like you, I'm this talented. I'm here for a reason. I'm going to be here for the long term. You're going to put my development on a little bit on the back burner. Like, not saying that that's 100% what would happen. And again, this is all hypothetical. We don't know if they're going to even win that recruitment. But like that sends a signal to players currently on the roster, which they're at a position where there's a lot of competition already to get on the field. And it would be used against them in recruiting, going against other safeties. Like, look what, look what they just did. There's not even a guarantee that this guy is good enough to be a starter at Ohio State. They grabbed him anyway. Like, that could happen to you. I, I, I do think that there is elements of risk and concern there. I think so, too. I, I think it, it, it changes the, the kind of conversations you now as a staff like have to be willing to, to have moving forward because you're right. Everything you do is going to be used against you. Is that from Law & Order? <laughs> everything you do we use against I you I believe those are called yeah, the Miranda that's bets. right by by other other programs not the, just law and order <laughs> the law and order the law and order the real law and order <laughs> yeah uh, other programs are going to see that and use that I mean, I'm sure it happens I'm, Brian Hartline does a really good job of fighting against it I guess but I, but I imagine he encounters it quite often like why would you go there they have so many guys already well now it could be why would you go there? They had a, a, a six-year safety that they strung along, and then at the 11th hour brought in somebody else ahead of him to play, and now that kid's left in a really difficult spot, if, if that were to happen to Josh Proctor. I'm not saying it will. So um, it's ruthless, and or potentially ruthless, I think, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that you have to be willing then, I think, to have those more uncomfortable conversations than you would be otherwise. I don't... If you handle it correctly in the right way and are upfront about everything, I don't think it is automatically something that changes your culture for, for the worse. Um, mm-hmm. There are plenty of teams that, that do this, but um, it does, on some level, I think, like fly in the face a little bit of what Ryan Day has sort of put out there as, as his preferred way of building his roster. Yeah, and I think maybe it's maybe it is tied to the position in my mind that they just do not require another safety. And it doesn't have anything to do with this specific kid. Again, I haven't watched the film, so I can't, I can't make an assessment on if he would be an upgrade or not be an upgrade, or if he's the best available player in the portal, or if he's not the best. Available. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, I don't think that that changes my, it wouldn't change my viewpoint on this. That it's probably not a piece that they need when you're dealing with a world where you still have to be at the scholarship number. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like you don't just get to go out and add every, anybody and everybody that you want to get to 85. And so if, if we go through spring and we said, man, it may still be hard for them to keep everybody at safety because there's still only two guys, maybe three, that are going to be on the field at a time. And then they have six that we think could play or seven. You know, I, Adding to that seems crazy if there are other positions where you could maybe add another offensive line or if we're talking about yeah. defensive tackle and, and depth there, uh, or what they already did with Lorenzo Styles to try and secure more cornerback depth for the future, uh, this would not have been a, anywhere near the top of the list for me a priority to go get a safety. Yeah, because you can't even really – like you can game it out at all the other spots if they were to do it. Like, oh, they're going to lose both their starting linebackers. They could lose their three top defensive tackles. They could lose – they're probably going to lose their best corner. They could lose two corners. So – but it's not the case at safety because there, there's just a lot of guys there with a lot of eligibility left. So it is it is a little odd. And it also is odd to me, too, 
because I came out of spring like feeling pretty good about Ohio State's defense, like just watching the totality of those 15 practices and seeing how guys kind of develop on, a, on an individual basis. Like it, it felt like there was a real buzz for that group that they were going to take a step forward next year. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if they would have done nothing to change the roster, I, I, I would have felt that way because I felt that way before they, they started doing some of the stuff in the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, it the, their their activity does like not quite line up with my perception of how they felt about things coming out of it. So and maybe they were just painting a rosier picture because that's what you do this time of year, and, and they didn't quite feel that way. But um, all of my concerns, and they were limited about the roster, were like basically all about the offensive line, and they addressed it with one guy. I think they probably it certainly could have brought in two if they wanted to. I think they could have brought in three if they wanted to. Um, whatever roster spots you had left, if you wanted to allocate all of those to the offensive line, I think that would have made sense. Yeah. Um, to like sprinkle it around like safety corner, potentially defensive tackle, one offensive lineman. Uh, it feels it feels almost like there's not really a plan in terms of like, okay, these are the positions we need to prioritize and address them. It's just like, oh, that guy's available. I don't really care what position he plays. Let's just take a look at him. Yeah, that sounds more like a dartboard. Yeah. Because any, I feel like, objective look at Ohio State's roster coming out of spring was going to say the depth and potentially the high-end talent on the offensive line is not where it has to be. Mm-hmm. has to be, should be, could be, standard, whatever, however way you want to describe it. And that's because of what we talked about with several of these recruiting classes in a row and maybe having projects, maybe missing on you know five stars that went elsewhere, or, or both, uh, really in this case. You needed more help there. You just, I can't really get my mind around the fact that they would needed at safety but wanting yeah. it could be a different matter entirely yeah and I, I don't know I, I i think a lot of teams are still trying to figure stuff out like what is the right balance of all this and if ohio state has found over the last two years that that because I, I think they have been cautious um i don't know if they've been cautious to a fault but i do think they've been cautious but but maybe maybe they do feel like it has been to a fault and and what they tried to do the last the last two years since this has been a thing like maybe it wasn't quite the right approach mm-hmm. And now I don't want to say they're fully on the other end of that because there have been plenty of high-profile transfers that have gone into the portal that, um, like on recruiting ranking alone, you would think yourself like, go get that guy. And Ohio State has not gotten involved with those players. So like they're not. It's not just just like, say throw, Eli Ricks' name. Bill. Well, no, but even like Bear <laughs> Alexander, like in this year, it's like they're not they're not totally throwing caution to the wind here. But I I do think that they want to progress a little more aggressively from where they have been the last two years. Yeah. Uh, you wrote uh, at OhioState.Rivals.com also about the other off-season development, which is guys we knew were coming but yeah. are finally arriving. Yeah, what, do you, what do you make about that? It's a big group. It's bigger. It's it's a larger group than I thought. It's nine players coming. They had eleven coming in, in the spring, and now they have nine joining. Uh, like some are here this week. I don't I don't know if they're all coming this month or if they're going to be like in June. Is someone coming June? So like over mm-hmm. the next few weeks, they'll they'll all be here. Um, they're like. Good, like Brandon Innes, Katie McDonald, um, Joshua Mickens, I think, is a really interesting player. Um, Calvin Simpson Hunt is, is a guy. Like, I don't think they're outside of maybe like Innes and maybe someone like Katie McDonald. I don't know if there's a bunch of guys who are going to like show up and make that like early, early push, like we saw like Dallin Hayden make last year when he got here in June. Um, but there's a lot of talent coming. Um, it's just joining the roster now that wasn't here in the spring, and it was like a it was a little bit of a, of a reminder of, one, how good that recruiting class ended up being, which is a pretty solid class, and two, just like, oh, yeah, like half of them weren't here. Like it's We get so enamored with the guys who are here when they're here in the spring, and, and rightfully so because they're fun to talk about. But, like, 
there are some really, really good football players who weren't who weren't there yet who are going to be here soon. I don't. I would not have projected what happened for Dallin Hayden. So that's that can be tough. Like in May, sometimes we start seeing them out. Like first look at them in June, they might pop out to those yeah. recruiting camps. Who's physically ready to go? I still didn't think that was Dallin Hayden then. So sometimes you know we don't we're not going to have a good feel on that until they get the pads on and get. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think really anything of Dallin Hayden until we were doing interviews in camp and they brought out Dallin Hayden and talked to us. I was like, you're bringing out a, a true <laughs> freshman. Like, you, you have Trevor Henderson and Maya Williams back and you're bringing out the true freshman to talk to us. What is, what is this about? Because they don't, they don't typically do that. They um, sure don't. Yeah, so, but that was, I guess, in some level, uh, an endorsement of, of Dallin Hayden because it didn't happen with any other freshman. It was the only, he was the only one that happened with. Right. Um, so I guess if that happens again in August, that'll, that'll mean something. But, uh, yeah, it's usually... it's. It's probably more often the guy that kind of comes out of nowhere who's a little out of sight, out of mind at this point of the year that ends up being the freshman who, who plays the most or, or surprises you the most with how much they play. How – we've talked plenty about Brendan Ennis and the upside. Like how realistic do you think that is for him to be in that Dallin Hayden type category in August? He's pretty good, man. And and like the, the board – it's funny, Xavier Johnson's on the TV right there. It was just – the board has changed a little bit because um, Caleb Brown has transferred to Iowa and Xavier Johnson's hurt. Now, Xavier will be back at some point this summer. Ryan Day made it sound like it'll be a little later on in the summer mm-hmm. than like a Steel Chambers would have been back. Um, but there's at least a, a little bit of a window here where I think Brandon Ennis could potentially turn turn some heads as a guy who can do some stuff in, in the slot. And if they want to move Emeka Abuka around a little bit, um, obviously I think Marvin will do some stuff there. But uh, I think he's got a chance. And, and also, he's really good with the ball in his hands. So, like... I always feel like we're lobbying for young, exciting freshman receivers to do something in a return game, and it never happens. <laughs> but um, he's another candidate for that. So um, the the buzz to me, or like my view on him, is very similar to my view on Carnell Tate. Is it is it realistic that both of them could do something in a receiver room that's so loaded already? Probably not. But um, both of them are so talented. Like I'm not going to write them off. Like I think I think both of them have every, every chance in the world to to turn some heads this this summer. Yeah, the X Man told me that he would be ready to go fully in June. I don't. There's a dip, big difference between June one and June thirtieth. Yeah. I did not drill down on that specific <laughs> date uh, to to get put a finer point on it. But he's not going to miss July, and he's not going to miss training camp. He'll be back for camp. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's significant. I I am very curious about what that role looks like for him. It is hard to. It's not hard for me to envision him making an impact at Ohio State. It is hard for me to project like more than five touches a game. Yeah, I I just don't know because like <clears throat> I don't know like Evan Pryor could have left right, and then you think like oh that's something that Xavier Johnson could have like Evan Pryor stayed. Um, all the all the running backs stayed. They didn't lose a running back. Yeah. I thought they honestly I thought they might and they didn't, and for no other reason that they're all good and I thought they might want to go play somewhere else, but they all stayed. So that like cuts into what Xavier Johnson might do. Marvin in the slot, Emeka in the slot. Like I, I don't know. Uh, maybe the five receiver dream will come to fruition this year because they have so many guys to use. But um, it'll make for a competitive summer, if, if nothing else. Yeah, well, it's underway. Uh, and another edition of the podcast daily is under our belts as we begin continue this long march towards training camp. Or let's just move it up to Big Ten Media Days in late July. Yeah. Already start counting that down to uh, Indianapolis again. Um, I'll probably say that probably... 50 or 60 more times as we continue to do the podcast daily here on the podcast. Thanks for joining us, spending a little bit of your day with us. That's Bill. I'm Austin. We will talk to you later.